And now we find ourselves at the very first of the Instant Places Extra Information segments. So what this is, is as I've promised, you get the PDF, and it's very brief, very little information, really. And then you listen to this, and I tell you my thoughts on it, although the reason the PDFs are brief and without a lot of information is so that you can put in what you want, change things, however you want. This is just added stuff that might make it easier for you to just go ahead and use it with my ideas. Now, the first thing is, why would you have your characters come here? Well, because it's a little tiny town that people pass through and don't stop at very often. They might be doing the same thing, but then maybe something happens. Maybe they meet somebody on the road coming here who tells them something, or they come here and they decide to stop and have a drink or two, and then they learn something. The other reason is that they may be hired by somebody, like the dwarves who run the brewery, or the healers who always are looking to hire people to go find their plants and stuff. So they may have that. On the other hand, they could have been hired by somebody in another place to come to this little hamlet because there's something that needs to be found out or done or something like that. Or maybe they're here to meet somebody who's going to be passing through. And of course, you can also have your characters be on the run from either the proper authorities or criminals or a dragon or whatever. And they've come to this little out-of-the-way hamlet to lay low and get their act together. Or they could be coming because they know somebody here. Maybe Uncle Joe lives here or or Aunt Frida, or Cousin Bill, and some member of the party has to come here. Or maybe an old friend of the entire party lives here, and they've come to see him, or her. Uh, so those are reasons why they might come here to this little hamlet in the middle of nowhere. Now we move on to the notable places. Now the tavern keeper, he's a former adventurer, 20 years ago. And he has a bum leg and a bunch of scars and a wife who has pretty much laid down law and said, your adventuring days are over. And he agreed because adventurers with bum legs, their lifespan doesn't tend to last very long. Now, he still keeps up on news and rumors about adventuring, and he loves nothing better than to talk with adventurers. And he might even pour you a little extra ale or something if the wife's not looking. He has been known to let adventuring camp parties camp behind the tavern. And he's always up for hearing more information, and he's always up for sharing more information. Now, why would you come here to see him? Well, maybe he's an old friend or a former employer, or maybe he's a mentor to one of your people. Uh, the guy looks more or less like he could have been either a rogue or maybe a fighter, but he could have been, you know, maybe a ranger. He's probably not a mage. Now, there's also the possibility that maybe he isn't really as old and messed up as he looks. Maybe he's somebody who's hiding here, and he's assumed this role 20 years ago to get away from whoever's looking for him. 
Maybe you're here and you're the people looking for him. Or maybe you've come to protect him from who's looking for him because they finally figured out where he is. Next, we move on to the general store. Now, there's a young couple who runs this store, and they are gossip collectors of the highest order. And they really love hearing good stuff. Now, they don't necessarily get this directly from talking to people. Sometimes they just hear people talking as they're wandering through the store, and they pick up little bits and pieces. But they love to trade news and gossip, and if the stories are good and if they're from the big city, they might even pay for it. Now, why would you come here? Well, besides picking up news and gossip, they may have things for sale that are not on the tax books or not up on the shelves where ordinary people can see them. Or they may buy stuff. It could be possible they are fences. And, you know, this is a out-of-the-way village, pretty good place. You come in, you're going one way, you sell some stuff. Somebody else comes through later, buys some stuff. Nobody knows. It's not the big city. It's not a lot of guards around or cops of any sort or tax collectors. Tax collector only comes through a couple times a year. And it could also be possible that they are on, on the run from an angry family who didn't want them to marry, or maybe they were thieves, and that's why they're fences now. Or maybe they're just on the up and up, and they sell stuff here at the store. But they're a nice young couple. Now we get to the brewery. And this is kind of odd for a tiny little hamlet like this, but there you go. The brewery is owned and operated by four dwarf brothers, Amos, Broken, Carl, and Dorton. And their brewery is as modern as you'll find anywhere, because these guys know their stuff when it comes to building things and making things. Also, they know their stuff when it comes to brewing things. Now, the brothers are friendly, and they love to talk about their ale. They'll talk about it for hours. They'll also give you a sample if it keeps you there to listen to them talk. And then again, they might also do other things. Maybe they fence jewels and jewelry, because we know how dwarves love that stuff. Maybe they brew special ales for, you know, special things. Maybe you're a man who's having a little trouble in the bedroom. Hey, they got a special ale for you. Maybe you're looking for a special ale to go and sell in a big city you know, under the table because it violates laws or it's not being taxed. Hey, they got that for you too. They might also trade in dwarven weaponry because they do have relatives living in the dwarven lands. So, you know, maybe when they go see them or they come to see the brothers, maybe they bring some stuff and it gets sold. Of course, being dwarves, they may also know where a big-ass hoard of treasure is and they may be willing to close down a brewery for a couple of weeks and go help you look for it. Now we come to the smith. The smith is named Wendell McKay. And he's a big man, strong. He's friendly. He's always looking for more work. His wife, Sorsha, is no small woman herself. And she often helps him when she's not wrangling their five small children. Now, neither of them is very worldly because they grew up in this area and they haven't been around a lot. But they do see and talk to people passing through town, so they may have learned some things. 
But the most important thing about them is they have a small stash of weapons that people have left behind over the years. People bring in a sword, an axe, whatever, to be repaired, and then they either realize they don't have enough money, so they skip town, or they forget about it and they leave town. And they'll sell these weapons pretty cheaply because, really, they've got a bunch of them and they don't really offer them for sale much because, once again, the tax man doesn't need to know about this stuff. Now, the next place you come to, number five, is the healer's house. Now, the healers are Hanargan and Molozina Jorvan. And they're an older human couple who are very skilled at the healing arts. Now, while they don't make healing potions per se, they make healing salves, and they work pretty well. They heal up a decent amount of damage, but it takes several hours. It's not instant. You have to apply the salve and then apply it again, and, you know, takes maybe the better part of a day rather than poof instantly, but cheaper. Now, they will also hire adventurers to go into the wild and gather medicinal plants, minerals, and animal parts, and they pay well. Mind you, many locations they send you to are very dangerous, and they may forget to tell you that, but hey, they're adventurers. They knew the job was dangerous when they took it. Then we come to the school. Now, the school is a two-story affair. Kids from ages 4 to 8 attend down on the first floor. Kids from ages 9 to 13, which is the age at which you can stop going to school, they attend upstairs. And it's pretty much like a thousand other schools spread across the lands. Now, the two teachers are the Willowwood sisters, Fabine and Zelika. They're elves of some sort, but they don't quite look like the elves your players have been seeing. Uh, that they know about, or that you may have members of in your party. They're exotic kind of elves. They're nice people, and they're they're very good teachers, and they're very popular, but they also run a side business of predicting future events, that's what Fabine does, or identifying magical items, that's what Zelika does. Now, they do not come cheaply, but their accuracy is very, very high. If I were the GM, I would say that whatever you tell your characters uh, about the future or whatever is going to be something that you're going to have come true. Or if they say a magic item does this, that's what it does. You may have a little kink in a magic item somewhere, a little qualifier. And as far as the future goes, well, you're a GM. You don't want to tell them too much about the future, but give them something meaty. And then you can stick that in as an adventure later on. Now, concerning the area around the hamlet, I wrote that uh, it's a lightly wooded area and it gets denser to the southeast and that there are, you know, in the area about a dozen more farms, mostly small farms. Well, maybe those farmers are being bothered by bandits or monsters and you either heard tell of it from somebody in another town or you met a farmer while you were here at the town, stopped for a drink. And so you decide, okay, we're going to fight these guys. We're going to go clean up whatever problem they got. Or you could be going in that direction just because that's the direction you were headed originally. Now to the east, we've got that uh, 
wide valley with large farms and ranches and much more prosperous area. And there's a medium-sized village 18 miles away from this little hamlet. And maybe one of those wealthy farmers or ranchers, or maybe several of them, owe you money for something. Maybe you cleaned out a bunch of monsters or you stopped a bunch of bandits or something. And then they stiffed you on exactly how much they owed you. And told you, you know, like, hey, you know, get out of here. Take the money you got or we'll have the guards arrest you. Oh, you may be going for a little revenge. You're going to get your money back. It's also possible that one of you is in love with a farm boy or farm girl that you met at some point, And her parents, her or his parents, didn't want you, you know, consorting with them. And they took them back home. And now you're going to go try and win the love of your life. Or maybe you're just on your way to the village. So you're going in that direction. Then we have the west, where it gets hilly, and the forest is much denser, and the nearest larger hamlet is 30 miles away. So you got dense forest and hills, might be a place to explore, or hide out, or look for somebody that you're looking for. Or maybe you're just going to hunt monsters. Nothing like a nice thick forest in the hills for that. Anyway... We move on to the roads, and it's just a fairly decent road. It runs through this hamlet from east to west. But let's say your characters are looking to hire on to caravans and pass through the area. Well, there you go. You're probably not going to hire on. If you're starting out in the hamlet, you're not going to hire on to go to the east because that's not such a bad area. That's, you know, pretty open valley, and there's more regular patrols by soldiers over there. But if they're going west through those woods, then they might hire you to protect them. Or, if your party is not made up of goody-two-shoes, maybe you're thinking of robbing the caravans and the occasional fat merchant and a little smaller caravan or a wagon load. Well, this road is out of the way and makes it easy, and that forest is a pretty good place to hide out. So that is the expanded information for Instant Places, number one, The Hamlet of Durleywood. And I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope it's useful. And in two weeks, we'll do another slightly larger Hamlet with even more information. Okay, folks, thank you for listening. This is the end of the program. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions, I can be reached on Facebook, where I'm Doc Cross, on WordPress at the Docaverse blog, via email at agentroscoe at gmail.com, on Anchor, you can leave me a voicemail, and on Patreon, you can just put a comment right in there. If you'd like to support me via Patreon and hear these podcasts two weeks before they go up on Anchor, get the Instant Places PDFs as they come up, or get other PDFs, or hear mini-podcasts, you can just go to www.patreon.com forward slash doccross, sign up for as little as a dollar a month, or if you want to get the Instant Places podcast, $3 a month, and you're all set up. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast or advertise on it, 
You can just get in touch with me via any of the methods I mentioned earlier. Our music was Toccata and Fugue in D minor by Johann Sebastian Bach. It came off the internet, and I have no idea who performed it, but they did a good job. This podcast and everything on it, except the music, is copyright 2021 by Doc Cross. Now go out, have a happy Halloween, and if anybody tries to slip you edibles, take them. Those things are expensive. I'll see you all next time.